Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. And this week, we're going back to Colorado. I've I've saved this bottle for about a year. Awesome. And why? I don't... There's no rhyme or reason to why I chose yeah. it now. Um, it, Loveland Ale Works out of Loveland, Colorado. Um, I, I It's the year... Uh, mm. They're tequila barrel aged sour. It sounds complex. It's very complex. Woo. And it's been aging in my garage fridge for a year. This was their 2018. Nice. So it's been in there for a year. Says it was a uh, bronze medal winner on the side there. 2017. This Great American uh, Beer Fest. Yep. This won the bronze at the Great American Beer Fest. So only two beers like this better in the whole country. In the whole. And yeah, it, it doesn't get much better than. No, GABF. That's so, right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into this a little bit. I've been here a few times. Okay. I really enjoy this. Looks this kind of small on the internet, like the tap room itself. It's Is it not pretty? Big. Yeah. It's it's a it's part of their downtown. It's on the far edge of downtown. Uh, it it's not a it's not a very big tap room. I would say probably oh five ish longer tables and maybe some shorter tables. Um, this is one of the very first uh, breweries that I ever went to that had, and, and most of them all have this, but they have like kids games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Maddox loves going here. Yeah. Um, they have the um, Oscar Blues uh, uh, kids, like the root beers and orange soda oh, okay. and stuff like that. Just, he loves it. Hmm. Just loves it. So, instant- Wow, that smells like tequila. It smells like tequila. It smells, it, it, this is, what did, what did you say this this was again? What did I say it was? Yeah, yeah, like a like a different level. Like oh, a, we're on yeah, ten thousand level. Yeah, this is it. It's as sour and dark and not dark. I guess dark is the wrong word. Uh, it it looks like a, a brownish tequila. Mm-hmm. It has that color and consistency to it. You can mm. see through the bottom a little bit. Oh boy! Whoa! See, and luckily that's sour smell. It, but it's not. It's it's kind of. It's more sour than maybe anything we've had. Mm. The sour fades away real quickly. Mm-hmm. And then it, you get that warming of the tequila. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't taste like tequila to nope. me. Thank goodness. Because I am, you know, I'm not a fan of tequila. No. And I think everybody can relate to this, but everybody's <laughs> got that tequila story, Ev- I think. Everybody right? does. And I have mine on my let's, 21st birthday. Let's hear your tequila story. Well... One of the beautiful things about being the oldest one of your friends is that mm. your 21st birthday, officially, when you go out, is pretty boring because there's nobody to go with you. Sure. So we had to go to old Chicago, downtown Lincoln, because we could at least eat and those people could be there. Ah, understood. And we we got, well, I got, they, somebody bought me some tequila shots. I never really messed with that bowl before. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was cheap tequila, I, I realized later. Um, probably came in a plastic jug, <laughs> and uh, wow, did it just pack a wallop yeah. on on poor Brian? Mm. I at that point have been used to you know room temperature Miller lights and things like that. So <laughs> tequila was a whole different animal, and uh, I did not like it. I did not like the taste. I did not like the aftertaste. I did not like the hangover. I did not like the vomiting. Mm. Um, which maybe I'm just allergic to tequila. No, no, but. Mm. Uh, so ever since then, I have said, no way, Jose. <laughs> Cuervo. 
That's a pun for it, you, Dolan. Dolan looks like he's got a tequila story. I in think him. Dolan. I don't know why, but I just think he likes it. I don't know why. I've never talked to him about it, but he's just got a glimmer in his Maybe. eye. When we when the tequila, he could read it on the bottle there. <laughs> Dolan, is that accurate? Uh, yeah, I'd yeah. say yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I like tequila, but really? it's. I have a few tequila stories too. Yeah, hmm. but yours must be more favorable. Had more fun. Sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. Oh, wow. So okay. my tequila story happened in uh, high school. I hope my kids aren't listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, my my best friend's parents went out of town, so we had a party at his house. Mm-hmm. And uh, tequila was one of the drink options that we had, right. along with like peppermint schnapps <laughs> and gin and other, yeah, yeah, just other poor choices yeah. to mix together, but we drank it all anyway. Oh, yeah. And then and I slept in the bathroom. And I woke up in the morning, and I thought, hey, I don't feel bad. My head hurts a little bit. I don't feel bad. Mm -hmm. So I ate some Fruit Loops. Oh, God. And then I instantly (sighs) vomited those Fruit Loops. (laughs) The tequila reformed the Fruit Loops in my belly because I puked up whole Fruit Loops. Are you sure you didn't just swallow them whole? No. You're just ravenously hungry. Can you swallow a whole Fruit Loop? Like they get mushy in the milk, and then they... I don't know. Are you are you saying they were crunchy? I'm telling you that the tequila has magic powers and oh, that I can think it reform does. the loop oh. in your belly and then you barf it back okay. up. That That's I don't know. The magic it of does tequila. have magic, but I don't know if your research has anything to do with the magical powers of tequila. Yeah, I think the jury's but, still out on that. Yes. Hmm. Well. Yeah. Here's what I did do some research on. Okay. Tequila. Tequila itself. Because mm-hmm. since I am scared of it, I have stayed away from it my entire life, and I literally know nothing about it. So I did some research. Can I just tell you how much I love this beer? Go ahead. Oh, man. Yeah. The more great, I drink huh? it. Have you noticed? I, I've been... You're already... Yeah. I got to... That's why I went heavy on the first pour, because I, I thought I probably wouldn't get any more. This is... It's worth every minute that I've waited... To drink it to this point right mm. here, it is that good. Yeah, it's very tasty. Anyway, there's just a little bit of the tequila at the very end. I like for me. The, you get the little bit of burn. You get yeah. the little tequila burn, just a little bit at the end. This is how I would prefer tequila. I think. Me too. Barrel yeah. aged style mm-hmm. beer, but um, we'll talk about some tequila. The only thing I did really in Loveland, I, d- I don't really know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been there. Um, but it was founded after some guy that owned a railroad that connected out there. Hmm. And his name was William H. Loveland. So we get Loveland, Colorado. Okay. And they used to grow sour cherries out there, kind of like Michigan. Oh. So sour cherries and sugar beets. Sugar beets. Up, up until 1960, and then there was no more cherry farming, so you can't do that no more. Wasn't that a Wyoming thing, too? Sugar beets? Sugar beets, yeah, and in western Nebraska, too. Hmm. So it must be something about that okay. section of the, of the country that it's good for. Mm-hmm. Uh, tequila. It's a distilled beverage made from the blue agave plant, primarily around the city of Tequila. It's northwest of Guadalajara. So there's actually a place called Tequila. Mm. Which makes sense, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. Interesting. Okay. Um, another term that you see sometimes with tequila is is mezcal. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, interchangeable. Was it? I don't know. I didn't understand what that was. Um, basically, tequila is tequila because it's made from blue agave plants. Okay. Mezcal is made from other plants other than blue agave. It can have some blue agave in it, okay. but also has other things it's distilled from. Okay. So for it to be a true tequila, it has to be from blue agave plants. Hmm. So if you see the word mezcal, it's like it can be like a mutt. It'll be 
it's not technically tequila hmm. because it has to come from this plant. Which is the one that has the worm? Is I'm that... glad you brought that up. Oh. That, that's in my research, too. Okay. Uh, it would be mezcal. Mm-hmm. And it's only put in there as a gimmick, as a gimmick for people to buy it, right? Okay. Because the actual, like, tequila foundation of Mexico, like mm-hmm. the governing body, uh, they don't allow insects to be put in there. Well, because it's gross. It's gross, yeah. yeah. Hey, look, there's the uh, the guy of our company trying to get in the front look, he door. He doesn't have his own key card, Man. apparently. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. Um, so sometimes you'll see scorpions put in. What? Sometimes it's these. Lar- it's basically larvae of the moth that grows on the agave plant. Okay. And what you would see if you actually were a person that was working on these plants and, and uh, you saw these worms on there, mm-hmm. um, that would tell you that the plant is basically infested and it's not good and it would make bad tequila. So you don't want it. You don't want to see those anyway. Gross. Then why so would you want that in your drink? Because we think it's tequila and they start sticking it in there and they're like the 50s and everybody thought that was great. Americans ruin everything. Yeah, we kind of we kind of uh-huh. do. <laughs> so, yeah, if you see one, that mean and it, that means it's not tequila. Yucky. And, okay. And it was put in there so you'd buy it basically okay. or somebody yeah. would buy it, you know, that friend you have mm-hmm. that thinks that's funny so same friend who uh whose bathroom i violated because of the tequila <laughs> uh went to mexico on a on a on a school trip right in high school he's he, when he was a junior i was a senior um purchased some mezcal mm-hmm. with the worm in it and brought it back for me yeah. so as a high schooler he could get yeah. it through customs wow. and on the plane and things were different back in the 90s big, weren't er, they early 90s things yeah. were a lot different back a little then. more lenient yeah, maybe uh let's see Oh, okay. So the blue agave plant, it grows in best in red volcanic soil, which is where it's uh, regionally in Mexico. Okay. And then um, it's very centralized in the in the state in the country of Mexico. There's like three city states where you can actually make tequila. Okay. And then those plants spread out and they're different kinds. And then that's when they start making mezcal. Okay. So it's like a circle around. So mezcal in the center is tequila stuff. Hmm. Um, they said 300 million blue agave plants are harvested every year to make tequila, which seems like a bunch. That seems like a lot. And, uh, the higher they grow in the highlands, like towards the mountains, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, the plants get bigger and they're sweeter. And as they're lower, um, down, Mm -hmm. they're not as big and they're more earthy. So you can allegedly, you can tell the difference, mm. taste it. I mean, I've seen on TV, like, they have tequila tastings and stuff, and you people are, that are good at it, mm-hmm. just like wine and stuff, can be like, oh, this is from this province in Mexico. And yeah. So I guess that's a thing. So when we were in Colorado just recently for uh, Aaron, Aaron Blummel, one of our recruiters, uh, got married, mm-hmm. uh, and we went to her wedding, and uh, they their first date was a tequila tasting. Oh, man. And so they had the people that did the tequila tasting on their first date come out and at their reception. Mm, That's cool. And they whatever tequila they had or whatever, and Seitner was there with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, this is not my jam. He's like, no, you just need to try it. Mm -hmm. Finally talked me into it. It it wasn't half bad. Yeah. It was like the sipping tequila. Mm -hmm. Like it was, I'm not making margaritas out of this. Yeah, the good stuff. But you're just taking like little sips of it. It's not bad. It was okay. I mean, there's there's obviously a market for it, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
let's see. Oh, this was interesting. So because of the, I guess the way where the plants are and how the government works, mm-hmm. tequila can only be made in the state of Jalisco and some cities in the states of, oh boy, mm-hmm. Guanajuato, Michoacan, Nariat, and Tamalipas, I'm going to say. Dolan, you got some, uh, you got some Spanish heritage in you. How do you do right there? I, I actually don't. I thought you did. No, I don't. No, I'm Filipino. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I could. I. I was. Yeah. As, I, they they speak Spanish in the Philippines. No, they don't. They, yes, they, they do. They speak. Why? Fil- they, they speak Filipino. Yeah. No, I mean, there's different dialects of Filipino, uh, but why would they? Why do they speak Spanish? Because Spain actually conquered them uh, at okay. one point. Uh, yeah. Yep. Hey, good segue. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like this was on purpose. Boom. Uh, Spain. That was who used to own Mexico back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. And in the 1500s, they kind of sent some folks over, conquistadores, mm-hmm. and uh, guess what? They ran out of their brandy that they brought. Oh, they drank. They drank all their booze, yeah. and there wasn't no brandy around in, in Mexico. That's not good. So they started distilling from the plants, and that's how we got this. How so, do you, how do you figure that out for the first time? I don't know. Like, how thirsty are you? Wow, that was that was amazing. Don, you okay there? Did you fall down? Did you drop drop my phone? Oh, good job. Yeah. Oh, okay. It broke now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you have to be pretty thirsty to yeah. to try that the first time. Hey, look I at always that, think of that weird yeah. cactus plant. I bet if we chopped off the leaves, yep, and then continued to do that so they didn't blossom, so there were no flowers, yeah, and then we cut all the branches off, and then we chopped that up and we cooked it slowly over a low fire, and then we took a huge stone circle and we ground it up into pulp, and then we squeezed that through like a strainer and we got that juice. And then we let that ferment for seven to ten days. Sure. And then we put it in some barrels. Yep. That's how long it takes. That's that's what we would have then to we, do the first time. Then we get <laughs> we get hammered. Yeah. Then we get. Yeah. So so question then did you or maybe you're getting to this? Mm-hmm. Did you research the difference between? Like silver tequila and gold tequila? That's a great question, don't Or is that all mezcal? No, silver tequila is, from what I can understand, it's basically like right off the line. It's like white whiskey. It's like hasn't really been aged, oh. or it has been in a white oak barrel, so then no color has changed. Okay. So the other color is basically it's just been in a barrel for a longer time. So it gives it that brown, it gives it this kind of color, or a little bit darker amber color. Interesting. And just like barrel-aged whiskey stouts, different kind of barrels give different color and different mm-hmm. um, flavor, tech, you know, um, tasting notes and stuff, and that's the same with tequila. So Interesting. when you see that brown stuff, that means it's been in the in a barrel for a longer time. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily indicator of um, is it good, is it bad, yep. that sort of stuff. So same as like whiskeys or bourbons or whatever, mm-hmm. the same, the aging process. Yeah. Same. Oh, interesting. So I didn't know that. you can just bottle it right away and it's silver and you set it set it away for a month or a year give it that other color stuff hmm. um tequila by the united states law tequila has to be at least 40 percent alcohol okay. kbv can be made lower than that mm-hmm. at least in mexico they do um but it has to be at least 40 and the cap is 55 55 percent okay. that's I mean, sometimes we're drinking beers that are like 15%. Right, right. Or 17. I've, I've had a couple of stouts mm. that are 17%. There's, uh, we're talking 55%. That's that's a lot. Yeah. That's why Dolan likes it so much. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
I, you know, we've had as much as there's the one down in um, Lincoln. Uh, Boiler has that triple, that quadruple IPA mm-hmm. that's like nineteen percent. Yeah, like the strongest beer in Nebraska, and that tastes stronger than. I, I honestly, I think that has more burn than maybe some tequilas do. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Yeah, let's see. Okay, sixteen hundred. This is after the conquistadors had come. Okay, um, there's a guy named Don Pedro Sanchez de Talgle. It's a lot of names. Yeah, it is. He's got long ones. Uh, apparently, uh, Don is like Sir. Oh. Okay, so he's like a, a well-to-do dude. He makes... He's the first one. He starts mass-producing tequila in a factory. Okay. In Jalisco. In 1600. That's a long time ago. A factory. What? Yeah. Well, that's like almost 200 years before we're... I mean, come on. Look, 1600? Al- alcohol always finds a way. I guess. Well, guess what else finds a way? Taxes. Mm. 1608, the government said, yo, mm. Uh, mm. you can pay up. Yep. And then a couple years after that, Spain's king, Carlos IV, he says, hey, Cuervo family down in Mexico, Mm -hmm. you guys have been good to us. Here's the first license to commercially make Mm. tequila. Of the Jose Cuervo? Jose Cuervo family. Interesting. So 1608, around that time frame. So that's how long that's been around. Mm. And then in 1880s, so basically newbie Mm -hmm. in the tequila game. Don Sinobio Sousa, S-A-U-Z-A. Yeah. He comes into it. He's the first one to export tequila to the United States. Okay. And that's right after the Civil War. That's, and Sousa tequila is still, still re- around very today. available. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was also the one that changed the name. It used to be called Tequila Extract. And he just said, well, why don't we just call it tequila when we ship it to the United uh-huh. States? And then it's been tequila ever since. So... Based on that, mm-hmm. is that what the mush is called? The mush is called tequila, and then they would squeeze it, and then they would, and that would be the extract. Am I am I getting this? I think they were just saying the extract is the end product of the plant. Okay, and they just shortened the name. So to, the process yeah. is then you right. Get, okay, I understood. And then that guy's grandson. I think this was in the fifties. Maybe I couldn't. There was no date given, mm-hmm. but he was the head of the company, and he was mad because people were starting to make tequila in places that weren't there. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like knockoffs and mom and pops and even in the United States. Craft tequila. And, yeah, basically. And mm-hmm. he was like, hey, you can't make tequila where there's no agave plants because it has to be made out of agave. Okay. And Mexican government was like, you're right. Okay. You can only make that here in these places. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's tequila. And if you see it made anywhere else, then it's like bootleg basically. Uh-huh. So that that guy in the Sauza family hmm. Did that, and that's how it changed things. Hmm. And then in 2003, this was interesting. I thought um, they be, they started this thing called the Tequila Bottlers Registry because they used to, up until then, they would ship tequila in big tanks on trucks from Mexico, and they'd send it to the United States, mm-hmm. and they'd send it to bottling plants in California, Missouri, Arkansas, and Kentucky. Okay, and then we would bottle it up. And then we would sell it here. So it's product of Mexico. It's made in Mexico, so it's tequila. Mm-hmm. But we bottle it and sell it cheaper than we can export or import from, from there. So they're just big tankers of tequila rolling into yeah. the United States. And then Mexico was kind of like, hey, we don't we don't really want to do that anymore. And the United States was like, bro, <laughs> we got a lot of jobs tied up in this. Bottling tequila stuff. and be people out of jobs in Kentucky and yeah. Missouri. Yeah. So they worked out a deal, and they, they can still do it so there's still big tankers of tequila rolling in apparently the, and they're still bottling it here yeah hmm. 
Hmm. And that was only in 2003. Hmm. Um, there are 100 distilleries, and this, these are old stats. This is what I could find, but okay. it's like 2009. 100 distilleries making 900 different kinds of tequila in Mexico. And there's 2,000 name brands. So 2,000 different brands out of those 100 distilleries. Wow. Just for tequila. Isn't that crazy? But then we all drink Jose Cuervo. Well, generally. Yeah. yeah I guess there's got to be a Budweiser of everything, right? Yeah. So. I mean, I've always heard Patron. Yeah. But I don't drink it, so I don't know. But I know, it, like, even at my grocery store, I have to walk by a bunch of bottles to get to True. some other stuff. I may pay more attention when I go to the tequila aisle. Or I'll yeah. walk through the tequila aisle, maybe, just to see. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Hmm. Um, when you distill it one time, and this is kind of what Dolan was asking about the silver, hmm. they call that ordinario. So that's just regular, straight out the line. Ordinary. Yes. Hmm. The second time, you get the silver. Okay. And then that's like the baseline. You have to do it at least two times. Okay. Some people in Mexico are starting to try to do it three times, similar to how we are seeing triple dry hop. Yes. And they're like, well, it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't change the flavor. Why are we doing this? And then some people are just saying, gimmick, we want to do it. Because we want to say we triple distilled. Triple Because sometimes you'll see like on vodka, like 10, 10 times distilled, stuff like that. You'll see that. I Wouldn't think. that increase the alcohol content? It does sometimes. Okay. And so they're kind of doing that. That's yeah. their angle. Okay. Um, but you have to do it at least two times, it sounds like. Hmm. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, fermentation. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but basically... It takes, if you did it the regular, like old school way, it can take up to seven days for it to be ready once you've done the process. Okay. Uh, there's something called inoculum that they add, and it basically speeds up that process, and it can be done within 20 hours. Oh. And that's what you're seeing in like these major tankers and mm-hmm. like Jose Cuervo. And they say um, the faster you do it, mm-hmm. the lower the product is going to yeah. be good. Yep. yep. So, like, these craft places are doing it handcrafted like they have for 500 years. Yep. And their stuff is way better and more drinkable, but it's also more expensive. Slow cooking's always better. I mean, that's what you say, right? Right. Barbecue, like charcoal grill, all yep. that sort of thing. Yeah. Same same has to be true for this. Hmm. So, that's what I know. That's what I learned. I suppose if you're just hammering margaritas on girls' night, then you're not going to care if it was 20 hours or 7 days, right? You're yeah. Gonna, you're not going to care. I, I would assume... That it kind of like Mexican beers, tequila spikes, you mm. know, around that time. Sure. And then, yeah, margaritas is a huge thing. Yep. There's an official drinking glass for margarita, or not margaritas, but for tequila. Oh. Like the tequila ambassadors of Mexico said, this is it, that it's sponsored by this company. So I'm sure there was a little, you know, I'd like to exchange. have one of those glasses. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. But yeah, there was a company's name with it. Um, otherwise, oh, the name that they usually serve in this little shot glass and i can't remember what it's called but this english translation means little horse which huh. i thought that was kind of cool so oh. it ends with ito ito whatever horse is i can't remember burrito no that's a different thing oh okay um there are and this i started glazing over at points because i was like what there's a whole chemistry breakdown as to what's happening and oh, i was boy. like uh-uh, no. science no I, I, I got a criminal justice degree on purpose yeah so i didn't have to take science but once they do the distilling and it starts to ferment Mm -hmm. there's 300 different compounds in the tequila 300 yeah unique and different that all change and that's what gives it its taste and flavor Hmm. and they were starting to break down like how the sugars break down and what compounds those make and i was just like nope i'm checking out of this too much 
But I did write 300 down because I thought that was impressive. <laughs> that is a lot. I, mean, I would never have guessed like that. Like in a beer, we're like five ingredients yeah. or five things in there. Yeah. Not, Not 300. Corn syrup, maybe. I right. don't know. I don't know. So that's what I that's what I have for those sorts of facts. So I've been to this brewery a number of times. Have I told you how much I like this beer? Mm. Not since I, d- I got done talking. Man. No. Holy cow. Have I gone... Dolan, have I ever gone back three times for... Mm. No, this is that's the first time that you poured the, three times. Three the times. trifecta. That part of that is because <sighs> Dolan didn't bring his glass. Well, that's true. I I still say now it is a bomber. It is a larger bottle. Yeah, let's be fair. It is a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I've been to this brewery at least twice. Um, I've had their beers more times than I can count. Their their uh, distribution is mainly Colorado. Um, pretty much just around that. I'm. I'm I think just around. I that looked area. at a map of it today. Is that right around yeah. there? Is and that... There was only three places you could get it on tap. Not this beer mm-hmm. because this is the only bottle it. Yep. Um, but just their beers in general were only on tap three places, and they were all three were different pizza places. Interesting. Was, was Poppy's? Yeah, it was one, the yes. furthest one west. And then there was another one, and then there was like an old Chicago. <laughs> was the third place? No that had way. It. Yeah. So, so I was like, oh, pizza and all three. Sounds that was good. my first introduction to Loveland Ale Works was at Poppy's Pizza in Estes Park, Colorado. Yeah. So uh, in, super interesting pizza place. Jenny likes to go there because of the salad bar. They've got a pretty decent salad bar. Um, they have fun, like regular specials during the year. Their pizzas are pretty fantastic. Yeah, they are. I know you will probably not appreciate this, but one of my favorites is called the Denver. Okay. Um, and I want to say that's It's either the Denver or the Colorado. I can't remember the name. Anyway. Um, it has uh, smoked trout, okay, capers, nope, and cream cheese. I'm checked out. It's delicious. Oh, oh man, I I need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love all of those things. Oh my gosh, <sighs> it's it's one of the best pizzas I've ever had. And you get a little eight ounce, a little eight little uh, eight, eight inch, eighty inch pizza. Yeah, yeah. and it's delicious. That's and the right I, size. And then I get a nice either. The guy that runs Poppies has to be a craft beer fan. Because, he is. Is he? Yeah, he is. Because that's the first place I had Russian River when they could get it. Like, that was the yeah, furthest Pliny. east. That's the first time I ever had a Pliny. Yes. Yep. Uh, Melvin, I, before mm-hmm. I even heard of Melvin, like, I sent a picture to Seitner. He's like, oh, my gosh, like, mind blown. You can get you can get Melvin there? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Loveland Ale Works, I wanted something local. And the, the waiter's like, well, we got this one from Loveland Ale Works. Why don't you give this one a shot? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So good, and it's it, it stuck with me ever since. I looked it up. I wanted to go there. We went there like the next week mm-hmm. and visited the brewery. It's I, I want to meet. Uh, they were opened in on July fourth, two thousand twelve, uh, by Nick Calloway. I want to meet Nick. I, yeah. I think that's they brew. They haven't they haven't changed in the years that I've been drinking it, mm-hmm. and it's only been a couple. I guess probably my first was it twenty fifteen or something like that. Fourteen fifteen was probably my first experience with with this brewery with the, with their beers very very consistent uh with their sours like they do what they want to do they run they like we talked about they won the the uh the bronze medal at yeah. the great american beer fest in 17 for this beer right here i see why i'd love to try the other two ahead of this like yeah. is there a specifically like a tequila barrel aged category maybe there must be maybe or maybe it's just barrel aged maybe barrel aged i don't know this well, I feel like you could probably make that happen if you're going to be out there. Oh, I think so. I think, I'm, I, I think I'm actually going to, yeah. I would love to do a remote at that pizza place because mm. we've both been there yep. independently. Yes. It'd be fun to go there and 
to see what's what. I'd love to talk to that guy and just understand like why. Like, because mm-hmm. there's other places in town that have a decent craft selection, but mm-hmm. nothing like that. Yeah. One of them, I went there with, um, in my former life across the way mm-hmm. with uh, one of my best friends named Josh Carter. Hmm. He took me there. Him and his wife, we went there on vacation oh. uh, with my wife. And he's like, we have to go here. We come here every time. I always bring him beers. We always hang out. Oh. He always tells me what to get. He was the kind of the guy that got, got Josh into craft beer. It was just from going to this place. The guy that owns the place, yeah. is his name actual something? Is, I, they call him that guy, that poppy guy. I so, will find out. Um, he um, basically set him on the path of craft. And he's like a family friend of theirs somehow. So that was, I, I went there way before, I went there eight years ago probably. That's interesting. So it was fun. Great pizza. So my, right across from where we normally stay there in Estes Park, there's a place called Rambo's Discount Liquor. And the guy's name is, his last name is Rambo. That's awesome. So John I call, Rambo? Not Johnny Rambo. Dang. No. He doesn't carry a Bowie knife or anything. That you know of. Yeah. But he's probably one of the coolest guys I've met up there. Mm-hmm. Super craft beer nerd. Loves, he, and he remembers me every time. Yeah. He calls me Omaha. I bring him cross strain. Like yeah. that's a, because someday we're going to, someday cross strain is going to distribute in Colorado and I want mm. him to have it there or whatever. But he's the one that turned me on to Poppies originally. Like, hey, if you want to, you want to try something different, like yeah. this is where you got to go. Yeah. So. That's a good spot to be. Yeah. So the uh, the tap house is open there in Loveland Sunday through Thursday noon to eleven Friday and Saturday noon to midnight. So they're open all the time. That's good. Yeah. Location is right downtown, one eighteen West Fourth Street. So if you go into downtown Loveland, it's on the very far end. There's a there's like railroad tracks and stuff like that down there, but it's on the far end of of downtown. Mm. Yeah, I, I would like to visit this place. I will definitely be back there. The menu sure. looked good when I looked it up. Um, so you're, you're, you know, a couple years older than me, and Dolan's mm. a couple years younger than me. Possibly. Yeah. When I when I thought of the word tequila, mm-hmm. and I, and after I got over the shivers, <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind, I was going to see if it lined up with you. Okay. Pee Wee Herman, the dance. Yeah. To the song uh-huh. Tequila and the Pee Wee's How did I know big adventure. you would tie this back to music? I had to. Music. I had to do it. Okay. Tequila. That song was recorded in 1957 mm-hmm. on December 23rd, and it was released in January of 1958. It was the fourth song recorded in a session um, by this guy that had been signed to Gene Autry's record label. And they basically had a day of recording lined up, and they recorded three songs, and uh, there was a couple of session musicians, and one guy, uh, I want to get his name right, Danny Flores, he was in charge of this horn trio that played with him that day. Okay. And he's the guy that wrote the song, and he's also the guy that plays the sax solo, which is amazing. It's like a dirty sax solo. Yeah. And he's the guy that said, tequila. Oh, like he's his guy. song basically, but he recorded right. it in a session with another guy, right? So yes. like he's the main guy had the session. Okay. He's just happened to be a session player, and he's like, "Hey, we got time. Why don't we just throw this one on?" Sure. Well, it becomes a B side to the single of the one that they originally went in to record, mm-hmm. and that song did nothing. Well, what, do you know what that song? Yeah, was? I wrote it down. I think. Um, Train to Nowhere. That song hmm. was on a path to nowhere. It went to it nowhere. It did not chart, really. But Tequila did. 
some DJ in Cleveland, which was kind of like the birthplace of rock and roll radio. Okay. Um, Cleveland had some of the biggest um, antenna towers, so people could hear Cleveland radio stations all across the country and into Canada. Hmm. And that's where they were learning about rock and roll back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Some DJ in Cleveland flips over the record and puts it on, and boom, two weeks later, it's that song, the B-side, is the number one. Number wow. one hit in March. So it went March 28th, 1958. And it was huge. It was everywhere. Because um, that was back when there was a lot of instrumentals. It was coming out of like what was popular music after World War II, um, jazz, and uh, just orchestral music. Sure. A lot of strings and that sort of thing. Yep. This kind of bridges the gap between that and rock and roll. Because um, technically the song is an instrumental. It has one word, but it's said three times. Hmm. They did three takes of the song. <laughs> So it becomes a huge hit. Um, the record label that Danny Flores is on mm-hmm. is like, hey, uh, you know what? You, you're you on our record label. We just let you go play that session. Uh, so you can't be Danny Flores credited the song. So you got to be, I wrote it down. It was weird. Chuck Rio. <laughs> Chuck Rio <laughs> is the guy that did this song. And newly christened Chuck Rio says, hey, um, Let's strike while the striking's good. Yeah. They get the same musicians that were in there that session that day, and they become the band, what's called The Champs. Okay. So the song is credited to The Champs, and uh, it was like their only hit. Hmm. And then a little bit, like maybe six months or a year later, they put out another song called Too Much Tequila, trying to (laughs) recapture, which is what America does. We got to sequelize everything. And uh, Too Much Tequila, not not as big a hit. It charted to number 20. Didn't capture the popular, um, you know, pulse of America like tequila did. Have you heard too much tequila? Have you heard? Yeah, that song? I've heard it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, tequila is my favorite favorite karaoke song. <laughs> <laughs> you just sit around and drink beer until and then, it's like. Until oh, I, got, until oh, I messed it up. Oh, forgot my line. Tequila. So we have a we have a Facebook group just for that, that both of you run right that uh, that both of yeah, you participate in yeah yeah that's called uh, the Healthcare Travelers Music Club you're right you got it and it's a tricky one to say I, it'd be interesting to know if anybody here or just anybody in general that maybe that uh, any of our travelers or anybody mm-hmm. else knows how to play some sort of instru- instrument because that would be a fun one to learn. Yeah, I just the like that, just yeah. that part, like on a trumpet or I, is that? Trumpet? Yeah, it would be a horn. Yeah, or is that it's a, a trumpet? I think saxophone. Well, there's a saxophone solo in it for sure. The yeah, yeah. yeah. That and there's part? like a yeah, there's like a yeah, a little bit later on, about two minutes in, it's a real awesome solo. Then there's the uh, the vocal part that would be fun to learn too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think even Rich could do that. I oh. would participate in that. I would do that. There is um, at least that I could count at least twenty eight covers of this song. Um, George Benson, <laughs> the jazz guitar player. A lot of jazz players have done this because it's basically okay. jazz, right? Instrumental. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's been like repurposed and reworked, where they've changed the word, so the music is the same, but mm. the word is different. What's the word? Uh, well, it to? Um, Reverend Horton Heat. Changed yeah. it to marijuana. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, in uh, This is up your alley. 1990, uh-huh. cinematic classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. They changed it to ninjutsu. 
Ninjutsu. Yes. Yep. So that happened. Okay. Uh, and then Sublime did a similar thing. Okay. Um, I don't remember what they changed the word to, but the music is in one of the Sublime songs. They play that. So Don't you know what they changed it to? No? Uh, the song Tequila shows up in not only that one. That's where I know it from, mm-hmm. right? With the whole dance and all that stuff. Um, it was in an episode of Happy Days, a lot of Happy Days episodes. Anytime oh. they're like eating dinner, mm-hmm. it would like show up at that. Um, it was in Cheech and Chong's next movie. Imagine that. It was a 1988 commercial for Velveeta, Mexican Velveeta. It had <laughs> dancing um, jalapeno peppers, uh-huh. and they played the tequila song. And they, didn't they But then they changed it. Velveeta. Velveeta, yeah. You could be a marketing exec. I could, I could. Uh, it was in an episode of Who's the Boss? Oh, Alyssa Milano. Oh, yeah. So Hello. Good. Was in the movie. This one kind of surprised me a little bit. Okay. Breakfast at Tiffany's, Audrey Hepburn movie. I don't believe you. It's playing in the background. They're having. A, she's having a party. Really? And it's in the background of there. Mm. It was in uh, the Sandlot. Oh yeah. Where the kids uh-huh. taking some tobacco dips on mm. like the roller coaster or something. They puke yeah, all over. Yes. Bleh, Look at Dol- he Dolan laughing that. like like this is familiar that's, to him. That's my favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the, if it's on TV, a lot of times they cut that scene out. What? Yeah. But if you're watching a movie yeah. version, it's on. But if it's on a TV, like TBS or something, they probably cut that out. Cable stinks. It was an ER episode. It was on Two and a Half Men one time. And then most recently, it was in the movie Baby Driver. Baby. Oh, I did not see this film. All I know is it was a guy that drove and he had headphones in all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, I think Jamie Foxx was in it. And had nothing to do with babies. No, his name was Baby because he was so young. Oh, that's the driving part, I guess. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Baby ever with an actual baby would be a totally different movie, mm-hmm. and I would, I would watch that. It'd be like Boss Baby. with Yeah. I'm sure, which if you haven't seen that yet, that's yeah. coming for you. You will mm-hmm. see okay. it at some point. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, totally. Luckily. Totally see it. Dolan watched that. He was, yeah. you see, he's shaking his head yes. Hmm. Oh. Learned a lot. Interesting. I Learned way more about tequila than I thought I would today. Yeah, me too. So do you have, what's the name of the, like, the chopper? Yeah, there's a term for it. I didn't write it down. And there's also a term for the guys that do it. um, Because it's like a special skill that's learned and passed down from families. Yeah. Because some of these guys have worked for the same companies for like 400 years, their families have. Wow. So they are like super agricultural knowledge based on this one plant. Yep. And it, because if it like sprouts flowers, from what I understand, then it's no good. You got to keep that from happening and you trim these things at a certain time. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it looked pretty complex. But there is a term, it's like a long pole that's circular Mm -hmm. and it has a blade on the end. So, because the leaves are super sharp. So, if you were to go down there and cut it, you would cut yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you have to have this really long pole that you can like basically saw the leaves off. Interesting. Is that the the Jose Cuervo commercial is the only reason why I'm familiar mm, with this. It's like okay. they're chopping it and then they got the fire and they're putting yeah. it in the fire. Yep. It kind of looks like a pineapple when it's all done. Mm, okay. When they cut all the leaves off, what they keep, it it's, actually kind of looks like a pineapple. I can't. How the hell did somebody figure this out? I don't know, man. When there's a will, there's a way. You need, yes. a, you need a buzz in 1,566 in Mexico, <laughs> you'll figure it out. I guess so. All right, so untapped. Let's, uh, let's take a look at the I'm going to... It's going to be high rankings for sure, but it's also going to be like probably a low number. Very low number because it was very limited. So yeah. I saw this. I, I, my wife will. Uh, she was in Colorado last year without me. I was here mm-hmm. in at home. Her and my son were in uh, in Colorado. 
they're driving through, and I saw this pop up the day before. Mm-hmm. That super limited run or whatever, uh, you know, that's, and I'm like, okay, you got to go through Loveland. Yeah. And she reluctantly did it for me. So 134 rankings. That's it? That's it. Holy cow. Very limited. That might be one of the smallest we've ever had. Possibly. Yeah. Very, very limited. 134 check-ins. How many? What do you think we're at? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to talk myself through it. The people that drink this, it's on purpose. That's not an accidental purchase, right? So True. they know what they're getting. Mm-hmm. And it won the silver or the bronze. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say 4.27. 4.09. Hmm. What do you think my ranking would be on this? Well, it's the first time that you did three pours, so it better be a five. Mm, look at Look at big old brain on Dolan. I would agree. I would what agree other, with Dolan. What other tequila barrel-aged beers can you compare it to? I can't, and that's the thing. So one of my favorites is out of, is out of uh, Lincoln. Zipline has mm-hmm. a tequila barrel-aged, yep. which is only comes out super limited in the summer. Yep. I think it's already gone, actually. Yeah. I don't. I, anyway, that's the, uh, that's probably the closest thing I've Isn't had to a, this. Is that a Goza? It is a Goza, yeah. yeah so it's a little saltier. Yeah. I, I absolutely rated this a five. Good for you, and I'm not, and I'm not ashamed of that at all. No, I, yeah, I'm. This is the not best tequila barrel aged beer I've ever had. It's, for sure, hands down. I've had a few. I, I will figure out a way when I'm there here in a couple of weeks to go back and see if, if they did a 2019 version. Yeah, uh, it would have been about the same time. So, well, it was on the menu on the on the <sighs> website when Man. I looked today. If I get another bomber of that, but then we'll leave it in the fridge for a year. Yeah, too. You know what I would do if I were you? Hmm. I'd buy two, well, maybe, and then do one. One right away and Taste see, one and, then, and then a year later, see what happened. Good call. Yeah, that way you can get two bottles. So I guess if what I've learned from this is if you, like myself mm-hmm. and you, mm-hmm. not not Dolan, obviously, yeah, um, are generally afraid, afraid of tequila, something like this is different. Like the yeah. barrel adds something different. There's a different flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Don't Don't be afraid of this. Yeah. They give you tasters for a reason. Right. Now, this one is a special occasion thing because they mm. probably aren't cracking these open to give you a taster. Nope. Nope. But I will say, as someone who always avoids tequila, mm-hmm. just learning about the process and understanding that what I was scared of was cheap tequila and like rush tequila and not the handcrafted expensive stuff, mm-hmm. I would totally buy some tequila and try it like just straight up. Because I want to see what it's about. Because I know what I drank that day was not good tequila. No. And I think most people are in that boat, too. If if all you know about tequila is Cuervo, which is probably what I did, or even maybe less than that. Less than that. Yeah, like uh, Creepo or something. You know, Plastic generic. jug. Yeah. yeah. That's what you're getting it. If you're getting it at Costco and Costco mm-hmm. Kirkland tequila, yeah. mm-hmm. then probably would, you know, you want to stay away. But right. um, that's what I've learned. This has totally opened my eyes to what it can taste like. And this... If, if I could get something that tasted just like this, mm-hmm. yeah, I would drink that for all, sure. All the time. It's really good. I'm interested to see uh, Founders put out a tequila beer just like two weeks ago. This Right after our our friend was here, Manny. The Mas Agave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you had it? I did try it. How was it? It was good. It was, was it like this? It was. Was I, it sour? It was sour. It was good. It was, you could definitely taste the barrel. Mm-hmm. It was, and it's slightly higher. It's like a 10.5, or oh. this is like a 9.5. Okay. Um, stronger, then. It is stronger. Um, I I would I would rank this slightly higher. It yeah. is a very good option. It's called Masagave. Okay. Very good option. If you want the if you want to get something very close to this, that's that. Because that's probably 
Well, it is going to be more available than mm-hmm. this, but Absolutely. I think that one might already be gone for the most part. Maybe. People I know have been looking for it. I haven't seen it. Mm. And then wasn't there a Sierra Nevada one? What's that one? That's Otrevez. got some agave. That's the Otrevez, which is which is my Lawn Mown beer, which mm-hmm. is very available. Um, and it's it's agave and uh, lime. Okay. But it's way more kind of on the lime side. Yeah. Maybe. Totally, totally worth drinking, though. It's, I mean, it was my Lawn Mown beer for a reason. It, it's It's solid. Okay. So there's, you're seeing them more and more. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's kind of some fringe ingredients that aren't no longer fringe. I mean, cranberries is something you'll see, pomegranates, Love mangoes, mm-hmm. um, and now agave is making its way in. So I dig it. It's so much fun. Yeah, they're definitely summertime beers, though. I don't know. This this tastes better now than it probably would in November, December. Uh, absolutely. This is more a summer beer for sure. Yeah. So, well, Brian, we ain't going anywhere for a while. Yeah. Let's have a let's have another beer. 